Welcome to Central Pennsylvania Voices. I'm your host, Joan Edistinsky, and today I'm joined by Judy Desigatis. Judy is our host of In the News here on Holy Family Radio. She's one of our volunteers and an important person, not only in front of the mic or behind the mic, I don't know how you would say that, but she also is one of the people who uh, helps us out many times behind the scenes. She helps us with so many things. She's just an invaluable team member here at Holy Family Radio. So, Judy, welcome. Welcome on board. Thank you, Joe. Happy to be here. You've been with us now for about a year, is that correct? Yep, a little over a year. And uh, you took over the duties of In the News, and we're happy with uh, the work that you do on that show with Father Weary. So I wanted to take you uh, on as a guest today for uh, our listeners to find out a little bit about you, because they hear you with Father Weary, but it's hard sometimes to get a word in when you're speaking with Father Weary, right? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's let's uh, dive in a little bit. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, a little bit of your background? Yes, I'm actually from the Philadelphia area. I uh, grew up in the Philadelphia suburbs, so I'm not a, a native central Pennsylvanian. And I came out here about 12 years ago. I uh, met my husband on a CatholicMatch.com dating site. So he lived out here. He had a home out here. And so I moved out here. And um, but I went to school down in Philadelphia, I'm graduate of St. Joseph's University, I'm proud to be a graduate of Jesuit University. It was wonderful experience, wonderful teachers there. And um, as I said, I, I came out here 12 years ago. So I'm still learning about all the farming and all the different pork and all the wonderful things that central Pennsylvania has to offer. I don't live far from Hershey, so I'm a big chocolate fan as well. <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah, I think everybody around here likes chocolate, <laughs> and I'm a big fan of Hershey also. So, um, so a little bit about your your uh, your your family, uh, your family background a little bit. You, you say you're not from the area. Yes, we, uh, as I said, grew up in the Philadelphia area. I have two older brothers. Um, they still live down there, and I have several nieces and nephews. And um, and and Jim has nef- uh, niece and nephew as well. So we have. Uh, Relatively good size extended family. Well, besides what you do here at Holy Family Radio, what else do you do? Uh, I work part-time at the Hershey Medical Center in the neurology department. I do some admin work for them. And I also have, uh, I lecture at my church, Holy Spirit Parish. I'll give them a shout out to Father Anthony Dill and Holy Spirit in Palmyra. And I have a ministry that I work with called the Enthronement by Parish Ministry. Um, I think we're probably going to get to that later. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that in the second segment. Okay. Um, and uh, I just and I enjoy w- working here. I I kind of saw that you needed some volunteers about a year ago, and I enjoyed uh, writing and speaking. So I thought maybe I could use my talents and do some uh, you know, journalism activities, and I'm really enjoying it. Well, it's interesting. I know the first time that we spoke on the phone, I was driving up to uh, Schuylkill <laughs> County to visit family. And you and I spoke for about an hour and a half straight, correct? Yep, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew at that point that we clicked. And that was really a, one of those things where we're always praying for good volunteers here at Holy Family Radio, and you answered our prayers that day. So I was so happy to meet you during that telephone conversation. And then shortly after that, we met in person. And now, truth be told, we became really close friends. Right? Yes, yes. Okay, so anyway, we got to get that we got to get that straight, first of all. So anyway... Uh, my next question, I always like to find out, I mean, you're obviously really a successful, uh, successful woman. What motivates you? You know, I get used to get asked that question in all those interviews and you think, how are you supposed to answer that question? But I am a faith filled person and I just want to focus every day on doing the will of God 
it's it's difficult sometimes because he likes to throw curveballs and you don't know where it's going. And we we all want to know in that book how it ends. But I just strive to do that. And um, right now he has me here at the radio station. It could have me somewhere else another time doing different activities. So I just try to focus on that every day when I do my prayer time. You know, that's one of the things. Sometimes we don't know what he actually wants us to do. And that's, that's right. You know, we're asking, we're always asking those questions. And sometimes it's hard to know what God is actually telling us to do, which direction we need to go. And I think part of that is we're not quiet enough. I know for me, I need to have quiet time. I need to listen because my mouth is usually going. Uh, my, <laughs> my wife will tell you that. Uh, but uh, my mouth is usually going. And many times I'm just, my ears are not engaged to find out what God is actually telling me to do. Do you find that a problem for you, too, or is that just me? Uh, no, I, I'm a talker, too. I wouldn't be on the radio station if I wasn't a talker. So, uh, yeah, I, I find very good quiet time in adoration. And I like to tell everybody about that because Holy Spirit has a wonderful adoration chapel. And it it's so great to have that open and have that availability to go when you just really need to be quiet. And sometimes I go in there and you realize an hour later that it went so fast. What? And and I journal while I'm in there, too. So I, I write and I tell my problems and concerns of the Lord. And then I listen to what he's saying back to me. And I have it all written down so I can go back and read it later. What are the hours for your, we might as well do an ad for your chapel. What are the hours? Oh, <laughs> you know, gosh. you know, I, I don't have it in it's front not, of me. It's, I mean, it, it's it used, not 24 hours. It used to be right? 24 hours yeah. and then COVID, mm-hmm. um, you know, shut it down completely. And now we're back. Um, but I think it, you know, there, there's definitely many hours, uh, usually mm-hmm. early afternoon, like 12 to five on Mondays and Wednesdays, and then 12 to eight or nine Tuesdays and Thursdays. We even have time very early on Saturday mornings, like 2 a.m. to 9 a.m. Sunday nights. So there's a couple different times now, and we're looking to, uh, fill those times with more doors. So if you're in the Palmyra area, Hershey area, Anvil, we have that chapel open. So if you feel the need to commit to a time, you can just give Holy Spirit a call and they can set you up. Well, tell us a little bit about your better half. I say that jokingly, but I know that Jim, he's a, a great uh, fourth degree knight at Columbus. Tell, tell us about your great husband. Yes, uh, Jim is my better. I am going to say better <laughs> half because he really is. He, he's the antithesis of me, meaning that he's very quiet. So people wonder if he ever gets any words in, but, um, we, we work well together leading a balanced life. But he, yes, he is in the Knights of Columbus. He's still working full time. Um, he does work at home. So uh, even during the pandemic, we spent a lot of time together and we, we did really well with that. You know, a lot of people struggled when they had people at home and, and, you know, in a one level house, we, we did really well. Um, but he, um, he has introduced me to so many wonderful places. One of our favorite places is Mount St. Mary's, the grotto down at uh, Mount St. Mary's University, the Lord's Grotto. And we love going there. We went there on actually one of our first couple of dates. And uh, he's introduced me uh, to different part, different devotions like the Seven Sorrows Rosary and um, and different places. We love to travel. So we've gone on many pilgrimages and that has been, you know, wonderful for our faith life. But other places we've gone to where it wasn't pilgrimage, you know, d- driven. Can you so, tell us a little bit about the last pilgrimage you went on? I just came back from Europe a few weeks ago. Yes, we went on the pilgrimage with Bishop Gaynor to Obramergal, where the highlight of it, the the tour was to see the Passion Play, which was wonderful. 
Um, it's all in German, but they gave you a book to follow along. And we enjoyed, there were 90 people. There were two buses that went and we had people from parishes all over the diocese and some that came from out of town too, that met with us there. Um, we got to enjoy many, many churches. Uh, it also encompassed Milan, uh, Germany, other places in Germany, Munich, Innsbruck and Salzburg, Austria. And so we did get to do some other uh, non-religious things, too. But we did see a, a lot of churches. And we also went to Oktoberfest, which if you haven't been, it's definitely something to do once in your lifetime. <laughs> well, I <laughs> have, check that off your list. I've never been to Europe before. That's one of the things that I really okay. wanted to do. So uh, why should we why should I go to Europe on a pilgrimage? Give me your give me your best uh, your best sell. <laughs> oh wow! Um, you know, Europe has it's so much older than the United States, and um, and a lot of us come from from that area of the world. You know, my grandfather was an immigrant here, so it's nice to see places in Italy that he would have walked, and um, the churches, everything. There's so much history. We have it here too, but there's really things that go back to way, way, way back. Mm -hmm. uh, especially if you go to the Holy Land, it's really some old things that you'll see there, and it really does help you trace your faith into into what we have today. Excellent. Now let's go back. You know, now that we're done traveling here, let's let's go back a little bit deeper. Okay. Uh, I know that uh, everybody faces different hurdles in their lives. Mm -hmm. uh, we all have. When you face a hurdle in your life, whether it be big or small, how do you how do you overcome them? Well, I'm kind of an emotional person, so I, I tend to let it out. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm a crier, and that's okay. You know, I always encourage people to just let it out, and it helps you process your feelings. Um, but I, and I'll cry to the Lord. You know, it's okay. He can take it. He's taken on all of our sins on the cross, and I just feel that, you know, I go to him, and I, and I try to work things out with him. Of course, I talk to my husband and, you know, those kinds of things. I think some of the hurdles that are really hard is when you lose someone close to you. And um, both my parents died when I was relatively I wasn't a baby, but I was young in life. Uh, I was in my 30s when my father died, and I was 40 when my mother, my mother died. So it seems like you live a, a whole lifetime without them. And uh, and I think that's a time when I felt like that I really it was tough. But I, I know I'll see them again, and uh, I know that they're up there rooting for me. So um, today's my dad's birth. Would have been my dad's birthday. So I think about him, and I pray for him on a day like today. So I think some of those hurdles, you know, take it to the Lord and let it out. You know, it's it's part of being human. Yeah, there's nothing like losing a parent. I know I I lost my my dad right. recently, and there's nothing there's nothing like it. Right? I mean, we we have you have a hole that just is yeah. not is not filled. Yeah. It's, it's it's like that the hole that we have in our heart for God. You know what I mean? I think there's we have I, I imagine our, our, our whole our bodies having our hearts having holes and one of them is for God and mm -hmm. one of them is for our parents and you know, our family members. Uh and that's how that's how I think about it. So I mean, we can only go to the Lord and ask for, for help in trying to, to feel better after we we have losses like that, right? Right. Yeah. Well I think um it's one of those things I know uh for me, I've faced lots of different hurdles in my, in my life also. And sometimes they have been caused by me and sometimes they were, whether they be external or internal, uh, the only place you can go for consistent help is to God, right? That's right. That's right. He takes on everything for us. That's right. And now, um, when it comes to major, major decisions, uh, sometimes we face these major decisions and we have to go, we're making a right turn or a left turn. Uh, is there any advice you can give us there? Because I know you're, you're, you know, 
you're a wise young lady. Okay, I'd have to say that up front. So, what what would you say there as as far as that goes? Well, there were times in my life where I would just say, oh, I have to make this decision and, and maybe I'd be impulsive about it or I would ask a bunch of people and do what they wanted me to do. And, and sometimes it was right for me and sometimes it wasn't. But again, um, I can't stress enough, you know, the quiet time, whether you do it in your own house or have a prayer corner or you go to adoration. I mean, I just write it out now. And I, I mean... I remember telling you, Joe, when you asked me to host the In the News show, it took me three weeks to get back to you. <laughs> I had to take that time because I just didn't know, you know, where God was calling me. And I felt like that if Mother Angelica jumped in and I felt like it was around around August, the anniversary of UWTN and everything. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to jump in and, and hopefully it'll work out. And, I, and I've enjoyed it. Well, I'm going to cut you off there because okay. my enemy of the clock is saying we have to take a break. All right. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be back after these messages. To Central Pennsylvania Voices. I'm your host, Joan Evastinsky, and today I'm joined by Judy Desigatis. And Judy is the host of the In the News Show here at Holy Family Radio. She's an all around nice person and a great volunteer here at Holy Family Radio. So we're right in the middle of uh, our conversation here. And uh, thank you for sticking with us, everybody. Um, I'd like to ask Judy right now if you could tell us a little bit about your faith journey. We haven't really talked about your faith yet. So I had some really wonderful grandmother and aunts who were very devout. So we went to church uh, with them a lot. And actually, when I was very little, they introduced me to 40 Hours and Adoration. And I was going to Holy Thursday and Good Friday services as a, a very small child. Um, I was probably one of those ones that um, were a little more quiet in church. I got loud as time went on and I grew up, but um, I would sit there and, and be very quiet. And, and I just sort of soaked it in. You know, I always watched my grandmother who was had her book of prayers every day and they were always praying the rosary. And once EWT, much later, once EWTN came on, they were always watching that. And, and you no, know, my aunts and grandmother are gone now, but when they were homebound, they would watch it all the time. So uh, it was really through through them and, you know, and my mom uh, learning about the faith very early in life. And I, I didn't have one of those journeys where I actually fell away and came back. Um, my faith was, was always pretty strong, but I would say that there were times where um, maybe it was a little bit more challenging based on what was going on in my life. But I didn't hit that. Um, I was pretty faithful through high school and college. And I just think my faith developed more. I wasn't doing the rosary and adoration, even though I have, was exposed to it as a child. I wasn't doing that in high school. I'm doing it now. Um, but I always credit them and I'm so grateful to them for introducing me to those beautiful devotions. Yeah, it's interesting how those uh, experiences we had as children affect you as an adult. I remember uh, going to that Friday, the Good Friday service, you know, mm -hmm. where we do the adoration of the of the, the crucifix, mm -hmm. you know, and I think back to, to seeing that as a child, thinking, boy, that this is really weird. <laughs> I remember <laughs> yeah. as a child, I was thinking that, you know, uh, and I didn't have the understanding of exactly, you know, why we were doing that or the theological reasons for it. And uh, so now when I go, I think back to those times when I was yes. a child, you know, yeah. all those memories come back, all the different, you know, like uh, the ashes, for example, ashes mm -hmm. on, yep. on uh, uh, Ash Wednesday. 
I can remember those times when I was a child and I got those. And, and so we have that heritage. I too have I've been a Catholic my whole life. Um, and I stick with the faith, uh, stuck with the faith also, even through college. You and I are, by the way, we're, we're kind of unique in that aspect. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Particularly right now, many times people go to college and that's mm-hmm. where, uh, their faith drops off. But many of them come back eventually, uh, mm-hmm. as they get older, as they get married. Uh, but yeah, I know for me that, that early time, we have those memories of that, of the faith that was passed on to us from our parents and our grandparents. I also remember vividly the things that my grandma, to this day, I can remember all of those, the t- signs of faith that she showed me. So, so we, we have that in common right. also. <laughs> we, right. So we have a lot of things in common, Judy, right? Yes. So, so your, your faith, and now you're, at, you're really involved in a lot of things, uh, in your parish and beyond that. Can you tell us a little bit? What, what I'm talking about there. Yeah, the uh, one of the devotions that my grandmother had was uh, First Fridays. And I didn't really understand it as a kid, but she, um, living in Philadelphia, the church was very close to her house. And um, she used to walk up the hill on Friday mornings, First Friday mornings. And that was, you know, her mass time. That was something that she did. And it always had me curious. And of course, there's a first Saturday devotion too. And I didn't really get into the richness of the devotions until one day I was working in uh, a suburb of Philadelphia with a job and I was going to noon mass at one of the churches and I was sitting there and um, a gentleman comes up to me. uh, His name was George. And he says to me, um, Oh, I've seen you lector. Are you interested in becoming part of the enthronement by parish ministry? And it was one of those things you kind of look at them and you just go, uh, okay. (laughs) And then you don't know what you signed up for. And I, I just heard God doesn't call the equipped. He equips, he equips the called. So I thought, okay, this must be something, you know, where I can use my voice and, and that's where it all started. And what that ministry is, is it started in Philadelphia, but I've brought it out here with my husband, um, to the diocese of Harrisburg, whereby we go around to different parishes and we enthrone the sacred heart of Jesus and consecrate the parish to the immaculate heart of Mary. We have beautiful packets with holy pictures in them and prayers. And there's a whole, um, weekend that we do, uh, speaking at each mass at each, at each parish that we contact the pastor. And if they say it's okay, we arrange an enthronement weekend and we go in and we speak after communion or whenever he feels after the homily, if that's appropriate. And we speak for about five to eight minutes about the sacred heart and the immaculate heart. And the first Friday and the first Saturday devotions are a big part of that in reparation to the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart. So I, I talk about those devotions. I remember when I first started doing the enthronement and speaking about it in, in the Philadelphia area, I wasn't doing the first Friday and first Saturday devotions. And I thought, well, gee, if I'm going to be asking all these people mm-hmm. to do this as part of this devotion, and these devotions are not new. They they go back many years in the church. St. Margaret Mary Alacoque, she lived many years ago. Um, the devotion of the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart. And we're just trying to bring them back. So I said, I better start doing those devotions myself if I'm going to ask people to do those. And um, over 200 parishes or more have been done all over the world. Um, most of the, a lot of the ones in Philadelphia, but many in other countries and islands and that type of thing. And we've done maybe 20 here in the Diocese of Harrisburg. So we're hoping to get more of those. It's an ongoing ministry. Uh, Jim and I are, are heading it up right now. But if we get bigger and we have lots of parishes that we have to do and they all want to be done on certain weekends, we'll we'll develop a team. Well, that's one of those things in our faith, the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart, that makes our uh, faith, the Catholic faith, a little bit unique among Christian uh, churches. Yes. When you say, I mean, most people, like most, 
Protestants would not even know what you're talking about right. when you talk about those. But even Catholics, particularly, uh, I would say younger Catholics, I mean, younger than you and I, would probably not even have be familiar with the Sacred Heart and uh, the Immaculate Heart. Can you talk a little bit about what you would say about those uh, devotions generally? Yes. Uh, I mean, certainly the priest does a lot of the prayers. He blesses these beautiful packets that we have. Um, but basically all we're trying to do is to get a picture of the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart in every home. And the enthronement prayers and the consecration prayers are part of that. You would find a picture frame, put the picture in, and do prayers from your home. Um, so we're doing the parish on the general level, and then when the pa- parishioners go home with the packets, they're doing it at home. Mm-hmm. And if they want a priest to come along, they can arrange that with their parish priest. Um, but we really stress the fact that, and we've been saying this from the beginning, the ministry's been around since 2001, um, that we are living in dangerous times. And we're seeing that especially today. And we need protection. And Our Lady and Jesus are ways to do that. It's the best ways to do that. And um, by doing this in our parishes, in our homes, then this is uh, giving us the protection that we need to face what we need to face. Yeah, I think in this day and age, we need as much prayer as we possibly can get, correct? Right. And if we can get on the good side of Our Lady, that sounds like a great idea to me, right? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, when it when it comes to that, I know that, and there are so many beautiful images of 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 the Immaculate Heart. I just I haven't seen any of your materials yet, but I can't wait to do. We got to try to get more parishes. How many parishes do you say in our diocese? Uh, we we actually have less than twenty. Mm-hmm. I think it's somewhere between fifteen and twenty. And we usually do the enthronements in the fall and in the spring mm-hmm. because it, once you hit Christmas, it's it's too busy in the summertime. People are on vacation, so. Um, you know, if anyone's interested, you can certainly contact the station here and mm-hmm. we'd be happy to coordinate with your pastor, mm-hmm. um, and the deacons at the, at your parish if it's something that you'd like to have done. Um, it's really a, a nice service and, and we do all of the work. We put out the packets, we collect the packets, we even, we do, we only ask a dollar donation for the packets. Mm-hmm. If people want to donate more, um, we, we're more, very grateful for that. If they can't afford it and they need to take two or three for home, they can do that too. And and mostly everybody's been so generous. We always come back with, you know, two to one mm-hmm. <laughs> with money. And, and to, what we do is we flow that back into the ministry. We don't keep it. We don't do anything mm-hmm. with it. Um, we just put it back into the, the ministry. And so we can bring it to other parishes, perhaps maybe some poorer parishes that can't afford you know, Can uh, you touch a little bit on how this thing got started? I'm interested in how it might have gotten started. Yeah, actually, um, George Lamoureux and Veronica Weldis, they were um, uh, starting this back in Philadelphia. And how it got started was, I, I believe Veronica, she's passed on now, may, may she rest in peace, she just died um, in May of this year. And she went to Ireland and she was noticing that a lot of the people had Sacred Heart and Immaculate Heart pictures in their homes. And I remember that as a child, I'm again, talking about my grandmother, my aunt, she had altars and would light candles. And in every home, you used to see the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart. And she's like, you know, in America, you don't see that much anymore. Uh, we always had that growing up, mm-hmm. but we don't have it. And she wants, wanted to bring that devotion back. So she connected with George. And then they also had a, a priest who was uh, like their the guide mm. to help them. And then also with the priest of the Sacred Heart to get the pictures and everything. So everything was copyrighted correctly. Mm. And just started calling pastors and say, would you like us to do an enthronement in your parish? And we'd be glad to set up an enthronement weekend. And it just grew from there. 
Excellent. Now, I'm going to get back to you a little bit. Um, can you tell me what lessons you've learned about um, life and all of the things that you've gone through? Uh, what kind of uh, what kind of things have you learned in your career and your faith experience? Well, I was basically um, a salesperson my whole life, and um, I kind of made switch gears a little bit and you know, doing some admin work. And now I'm really doing what I love is I, I wanted when I was younger, I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to do uh, reporting and I didn't think that would ever happen. I kind of went into business administration, which was fine. Um, it's not unlike sales. And I get to use, I always say people have skills that they can use in many different areas. Um, and that's what I'm doing is the ability to, I might be talking to people through here through the radio and you can't see me, but it was just like being in front of someone face to face making a sale or something like that. So I feel like I'm using the gifts God gave me just in a different way. And he kind of rerouted me and said, I want you to do this now. Excellent. Do you have a favorite saint or Catholic figure? I have many, many favorite saints. And I'm of the Teresa Tamio school, and she talks about girlfriend saints. So I would probably say right now, um, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, I think it's because she was a wife and a mother and um, she she's a convert. Uh, I've been a Catholic my whole life, but she ran into a lot of problems. She was a woman of society. And when she wanted to convert, she ran into a lot of problems. And I find sometimes, um, you know, there, there are people in our lives, loved ones and all that may, you know, have fallen away. And sometimes it's hard to um, know what to say when you're in company. And, and sometimes even out there in the, in the media, we get different abuses because of our faith. And I think these saints can help us because they live through it. We have a few seconds. You okay. need to wrap up. Okay. okay. <laughs> I need to ask you uh, just a quick takeaway you'd like our listeners to leave with. Um, uh, just if, if you can listen to the In the News show, um, Father Weary is really great. And um, I just am grateful to be on the show here and keep listening to Holy Family Radio. Thank you so much, Judy Desigatis. I'm Joan Abistinsky. Listen again next time to Central Pennsylvania Voices. 